Hello, and welcome to Fatal Femmes, a podcast surrounding the women of mystery. Each episode will look at a movie or TV show written, directed, or made famous by a female-identifying artist. We're your hosts, Laura Celeste and Lacey Cannon-Gonzalez. Stay tuned. In this episode, we look at the 1987 movie Burglar, directed by Hugh Wilson, starring Whoopi Goldberg, Bobcat Goldthwaite, G.W. Bailey, and Leslie Ann Warren. To get us started, here is a synopsis. Bookstore owner and burglar, Bernie, is being blackmailed by a corrupt cop, Ray. He forces her into her most ambitious job yet, a jewelry heist she's woefully unprepared for. Things head south quickly when a murder occurs and Bernie is framed for the death. Trigger warnings for stabbing, drowning, violence towards women, toxic masculinity, and use of a racial slur. We have with us today a special guest, Doug McCambridge, from the podcast Good Times Great Movies, which I am a huge fan of. And we just want to say again a big thank you to Doug for being here to discuss this movie. And let's get into it. We open on a very foggy San Francisco. Lots, lots of fog. Lots um, of fog. And Carl. Carl is the fog. Carl? Yeah, that's what San Francisco named the fog. The fog is Carl. Oh. Yeah, you can follow him on Twitter. Oh, like there's literally a Twitter account for Carl the Fog. Okay. It's a thing. Why is it named Carl? I don't know who made that call. <laughs> okay, but all right. his name is Carl the Fog, and he's funny. I, I followed him when we went to San Francisco because I can't remember. I think I heard about him from one of the local tour guides. And yeah. I follow him on Twitter and he's he's pretty funny. All right. For fog. <laughs> I mean, compared to other cities, fog's Twitter accounts. He's definitely the funniest. There's a very specific San Francisco only fog. Yes. Okay. Yep. All right. I guess they're known for their fog. This With this opening scene, I would think so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, according to the opening and closing of this movie, there's a lot of fog. Yes, there's a lot of fog. And I made a note of that where I said, this is a very foggy movie. Well, if you notice, too, the opening and closing shots are almost reverse, but the same. Like, the opening pans down, mm-hmm. and the closing pans up, but it's kind of onto the scene, so you pan down onto the scene, and then you pan up from the scene. I noticed that today and when I was yeah. re-watching it. So I was like, that's kind of a cool little bookend shot. I did not notice that. And I didn't notice, or I didn't know that San Francisco was so swampy. I didn't, I never knew about the swamps of San Francisco yeah, until this movie. I didn't know about that either. <laughs> the swamplands. And why is it so, why are there rows and rows of benches at the end of this? Like, what, it almost looks like it's very bizarre. I was wondering if they were at some sort of like outdoor theater or something okay venue yeah I, I that was all that i could think of smack dab in the middle of this park there's just in the swamps and fog in the swamplands of san francisco oh right yeah it, i don't know that the location scout was just like guys i found the place i got it <laughs> But yes, so, and we're introduced right away to Whoopi Goldberg on her first job. Uh, she, she is dressed as a maid walking up to this very nice house. And yeah, she's dressed as a much older maid yes. as well. Because I thought it was really right. funny. Because if you look at her now, it's, she looks so young. So the thought that anyone could actually think she was old is, is kind of funny to yeah. me. Yeah, uh, because she's got the curly gray haired wig mm-hmm. and the 
padded. The hip pads, yeah. the butt pads. Mm-hmm. Which is a great disguise because nobody would look twice at a cleaning lady. Probably not. Well, not, not even, even the person, person that lives there, which is... <laughs> mind-blowing that you, I think just he basically just at one point said who are you to which she started yelling I saw them I saw them he makes very little attempt to hold her there or, or anything like that yeah he's really he's concentrated on the stamp yeah oh they yeah uh, I thought it was it was really smart of her to fly into hysterics because I was thinking that's what I would have done because as I was watching the movie yeah. I thought how I would think the scene should go, and then that would be what would happen. I thought that was going to yeah. be... and I'd assume that she would just wait for him to go take a shower or something like that. You know, like, he broke in, he just came back from a run early for some reason. Mm-hmm. We don't know why he turned around, right? He just kind of stops and turns around? Yeah. I wondered if it was because the package showed up. I wondered if he was... He forgot oh, he, he was, was waiting. Because mm. I don't know if back in 1987, if it was like if, if the person wasn't home, they, they left and came back? Or would they leave the package? I don't know. I don't know. And why doesn't he close the gate to his house? We can... Listen, let's just talk about the opening of this movie for a good 45 minutes. Yeah, literally. Let's just talk about the irresponsibility of this man <laughs> running in this... Who plays no part in the rest of the movie doesn't matter at all. But this is what we're focused on. Yes, that is true. Um, he deserves to get his stamp stolen. I did think it was interesting, though, that personally, I think I would have taken the stuff and run, but she just kind of sat there and like looked through it all and smoked a cigarette. She thought she Why is she smoking? Yeah. Why is she smoking? Like, wouldn't someone be tipped off right away as soon as you walked in? Like, oh, there's smoke in this house. Unless it was, uh-huh. unless she knew he was a chain smoker or something yeah and then she puts a cigarette in her mouth to sneak out that's risky that's yeah. dice that's dicey yeah i don't that's yeah she's asking for trouble that's yeah. that's a weird way to try and dispose of something but i get it she's <laughs> at his she's in his home office where's she gonna put it out this is i love this scene though because it's the perfect establishing scene to show what kind of person she is because this the yes. thing that keeps coming to my mind is perpetual creative response and that's how she lives because the character is never like oh i'm done oh my goose is cooked it's always like okay that didn't work what's next what's next so i thought this first scene was really good to see how to show how she dealt with pressure or dealt with stress yeah if if all of her robbery jobs go this badly which this is all we see in this movie two jobs that go horribly wrong she must be used to stuff like this all the time i mean she gets locked in the closet later and seems mildly put out by it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh, it's not a big again? deal. That's and the third this week. Both of her jobs get messed up by the dudes coming back early after them being gone for just a very, very short amount of time when they're supposed to be gone for a long time. Yeah. But we'll get into yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, that one, guy, that one guy picks up a woman in what? 28 seconds, I think. I mean, I know that we are meant to believe that he is, you know, everyone is drawn to him like a magnet, but still, he must have walked a block down the street, turned around and come back. It's like, my goodness, man, what cologne are you wearing? (laughs) Because we we need to max market it. Yeah. (laughs) If it detracts that, if it detracts women that quickly, we will be rich. Um, (laughs) So then we are introduced to Carl. Which is what confused me when you said the fog was named Carl because Carl is... there's also a Carl in this movie and yes. your husband's name is Carl. There are a lot of Carls involved in this whole production. Carl is a popular name. But yes, we meet Carl who is possibly the worst dog groomer I've ever seen. 
I can say this confidently because I worked as, as a dog groomer for several years. So I don't know. Oh, so you know all the dog groomers. Okay, yeah, good. I know all yeah. of them. I have them on speed dial. But I, but just I was very concerned for the welfare of that dog in the, in the tub. Yeah, it, it did not seem it did not seem well. No, it wasn't a very good setup. <laughs> well, also, why was it a basin top? These are all little things. I could go on so yeah. many little pathways. And, <laughs> and where is he? I mean, is he in their apartment? Do they share an apartment? They do, right? Are they roommates? I don't. I feel like they're neighbors in the business. Because why, why did the cops come to his door then later? Excellent oh boy. Question. Okay, well, right. I guess I'm watching this movie for a third time. <laughs> I I thought they shared an apartment because I thought the cops knocked and she snuck out the window. He walked out of a bedroom, right? Mm-hmm. And then answered the door. Oh, it could but, be like they But that's the, the only but that's the only time they could have been roommate. I mean, I don't know. I I don't know. This living space. What's happening? Yeah, I don't know. This plot hole. Yeah, what I thought kind of was like that it was like a shared building, like they shared okay. the whole space and then the businesses were on the bottom, but I may not be right. I didn't pay that close of attention. I that wasn't what I was focusing on. Thank you for pointing this out, Doug. We will have to um investigate no, no, no. a bit more. There's a there's a good chance I'm focusing on all the wrong stuff. And when it comes to what's actually happening in this movie, I'm gonna be very confused. No no no, it's the right stuff because now that we have a well rounded critique. Yes. Where are <laughs> oh, they? Oh, oh, that's the what we're in this for. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and next we see her in her bookstore. So she's a burglar slash used bookstore owner. So you can relate. Yes, because I often burgle places. And you work in a bookstore. I do, but I have not. Hold on a sec. Wait a second. Hold on. You, you don't own a bookstore, do you? No. Or do you just work? Okay. No. But you work in a bookstore. Yes. And you used to be a dog groomer. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is kind of crazy. <laughs> That's just one of many positions that we have held. We we have had a varied um, resume of jobs. Yes. Some really oh. weird ones. Yes. Why isn't this the podcast? <laughs> Just every episode, you talk about an old job that you've had. Weird jobs I've had. Church custodian. That was one. Rock caller. Oh. Yep. What else did I do? Chiropractic assistant. Cook. What's the assistant? I mean, are you in the room? Like, oh, touching people? <laughs> I was helping. Yes, I could attach. Oh. I don't even remember. This was so long ago. I have lost all knowledge. But I I could do minimal things. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what they were. But they were somewhat important. <laughs> I answered right. a lot of phones, though. <laughs> okay. I didn't know that that was like a two-person job. I didn't know that it was like a – is it like a dental assistant? Like you're there handing – well, what instruments are you using for – you so you get them in the room that's the first step so like so it's part receptionist so you get them into the room with the chiropractor chiropractor does their thing and then um if there's any additional treatment like um hot pad like pat heating pads that's what it's called hot pads <laughs> heating pads uh-huh. there were a couple other um alternative treatments that the chiropractor I worked for offered so I could administer those because that would okay. be a license to do those so it kind of was like I saw them at the beginning and at the end. Okay. Between gotcha. and then the chiropractor saw them in the middle. That is totally cool. No, weird jobs I've had is the next podcast. Okay. <laughs> Spin off. 
<laughs> spinoff. Oh, yeah. And this is where she catches the shoplifter, which, one, this guy is really fast. He did shoplift incredibly fast. fast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you were allowed to take down shoplifters like that, that would be cool. Uh, that was a great way to take them down. We're not allowed to even like say anything to them really but what? in that neighborhood yeah that's <laughs> true apparently according to her hold on you're not allowed to just wave a gun in the face no oh okay i'm shocked two guns is okay but one definitely mm. that's just mm-hmm. that is not the appropriate response I did have, uh, I wasn't there that day, but one of our shift leaders did chase somebody down once that stole a bunch of DVDs out of our store before. He was very protective of his section. Oh my goodness, that's so funny. (laughs) Okay. But I think this is actually a perfect time to talk about the character of Bernice. Because Uh a really fun bit of uh, trivia that I learned is that this role was originally offered to Bruce Willis. Which I read that same thing. That's crazy it's wild to me but as i watched the movie the second time around i could see it you could i could hear him delivering the lines i find mm-hmm. it and then Whoopi goldberg said in an interview the way they made it a, a role for a woman is they just took out all the sex <laughs> which mm-hmm. i find really funny as well because i can see where the romantic interest would be like if i were writing that script i could see where that would happen sure. um, i think her character beyond living in creative or perpetual creative response she doesn't take shit off anybody but her reactions are always they're never just like i'm gonna beat the shit out of you or something it always mm-hmm. is there's always a little bit of fun with it like she toyed with that guy Right, yes. I, I don't know. I read the same thing you did. That does seem a little crazy to me. That, And I think it said that Bruce Willis was supposed to play the Whoopi Goldberg character. And then I think she was supposed to play the Bobcat Goldthwait character originally. Yeah. And I could see that because, I mean, not to spoil my thoughts or feelings on this movie – it's a strange cast. I mean, Whoopi Goldberg in the lead role in a movie like this, in your very run-of-the-mill 80s thriller, she does a very good job, but I think it's a really strange role. And I could see this being dead serious, Bruce Willis is doing it, not having any fun because he's Bruce Willis, and <laughs> she would be great in the, in the Bobcat Goldthwait character, but I couldn't imagine even sitting through this movie if it was serious i I don't think it would be as enjoyable as as this was at times but like you said they're being kind of playful with and approaching Mm -hmm. it from kind of well not kind of a comedic standpoint that that's what sells it for me because it is a completely off the wall role for a woman especially in the 80s i love it i love the fact that she's in this position but at the time it when it was created it made no sense Mm -hmm. yeah and, and like i said i think that you know it's odd to me that I hadn't heard about this movie before I watched it just because of how strange the role is for her. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I did call it a typical 80s thriller, and that's kind of what it is if you boil it down. But if it was played straight, boy, this thing would be way more lost than I think it is now. Yeah, it would have been extremely slow and hard to watch. Well, yeah. It's a long movie, and if it didn't have that comedy element to it, I would it have would have oh. been so long. <laughs> yeah, because I think it started off yes. really strong. I think the ends where it falters. 
quite honestly, because it just gets so muddled. Like, wait, oh, wait. the end of this, the editing, whoever edited this movie at the end, I am very angry with that person. When we see him, when we see her talking to, you know, spoiler, Carson, and they give each other this knowing look like, oh, I know it's you. Oh, you know it's me. Suddenly we cut to him in his law office. And I'm like, is this later that day? Is this five days later? Like, is this five minutes from now? Is this, is it even him until he walked into frame? I was like, ooh, what lawyer are we seeing now as this confrontation is happening? It's like, wait, what? It made no sense because it was like after having that exchange, just the knowing look. It's like, why would you need to call him up and be like, I know it's you, asshole. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's like, it was almost, work- I just wanted Whoopi Goldberg to look at the camera and go, get it, audience. Get it. Get Here's it. John. Get it. <laughs> he knows that she knows. That she knows, she knows that, that he, he knows. knows. That he knows. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So back to wherever we were. Oh, and this is when we meet Ray for the first time. Oh, Ray. Um, He's awful. Yeah. <laughs> She left the back door unlocked, so he just came in. So that means please enter. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he tells her that he wants $20,000 and a mink coat for his wife. Is it ever explained why he's asking these things of her beyond the, beyond that she just has a criminal record? He has this pair of gloves that has her fingerprints in them. Right, that... but like, why is he like, how did he find her? Like, I'm just curious his backstory. No, I'm not that curious. <laughs> but it just like, there's no context. It's just like, hey, I have these gloves with your fingerprint. Give me $20,000. Well, he's, this could be me, fucking blanks. He's a former cop, right? Yeah. Oh, I thought okay. he was still so, a cop. Is he still? Oh, I don't know. I assumed he was a—he was like a disgraced former cop or something like that. But I'm assuming that he had evidence against her, so she didn't get the sentence that she should have, right? So, so then he's holding this over her head. But isn't that double jeopardy then? Like, you can't—if she already did time, she wouldn't be able to do more time based on evidence presented later, right? It must have been a different case. It must have. Okay. Or they don't know. Right. They don't know the law. They don't know how double jumps. Okay. Right. Or, or they'll assume that we don't know what that is. <laughs> they assume they're right. Right. Know or, what it was. Yeah. Or she's just a bad burglar and she's just leaving gloves all over the place. So I I don't know. I mean, I do think he does a great job too. Like he is. He and Bobcat Goldthwait and Whoopi Goldberg, they're crushing it in this movie. Mm-hmm. And every time, and I think it's because they're the three pieces of comedy. When he's yeah. talking on the phone and he keeps slamming it into the lattice, <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> I have seen someone do that, and I loved it. Because it was just like, you couldn't beat her up in person. Like, she kicked your ass, so now you're going to get her on the phone. <laughs> I love that. No, but basically, he's in his charming self and yes, leaves. Yeah, he said he threatens her, or blackmails her, and leaves. Oh, and he also tells her that the guy that she was supposed to sell this stamp to died. Oh yeah, the stamp she stole from right. the first house. The guy that wanted it died. So now he's just leaving, going, "Hey, I want all this stuff. Your way to get it just died. So bye." So she takes it to her fence, who tells her that stamps are only sellable in New York and maybe not even there. Who knew? All of this information, just learning, learning about stamps. But that he knows somebody that is looking for a person to get some stuff for them. And she says, is it an IBM? 
an Italian businessman. Oh, jeez. And he says, no, it's a dentist. <laughs> Logical response. <laughs> no, that's not a thing, right? An IBM. Like, that's not... Was that ever a joke? Like, was that ever... I have, I have never... I was like, oh, 80s technology joke. But then it was right. like, nope. <laughs> that went down a completely different path. I've never heard that before, so okay. maybe it's just a, I don't know, this particular screenwriter. They thought it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe it was in the book, because this is basically yeah, this a book. screenwriter just had an odd book of ethnic slurs that nobody's heard of before. <laughs> She's like, aha, this one. <laughs> this will do. So she goes to the dentist, who is played by Leslie Ann Warren, who is perfectly cast in this role she's like mm -hmm. she always plays a strong woman but the strong woman that's on the verge of a nervous breakdown and this right. one she goes full tilt nervous breakdown it's great she has this weird interaction with like the dental technician that is rubbing his crotch on her hand and oh, i don't <laughs> i don't understand what that what that's supposed it's like i don't understand the point of that and i thought mm -mm. it was gonna be like oh she's gonna like be no nonsense and like take control of the situation and tell and set him straight but she didn't really do that not really it not was just, really it was seemed kind of pointless it was like oh we just needed yeah. that in there yeah okay and although this has this movie has slid into number two right behind little shop of horrors for the best dentist sequence in a movie i think i've ever seen this was so fun Nice. Start to finish, just with her sliding, like, oh the time that guy's rubbing against her to her sliding down in the seat at the end, it's all pretty great. Like, she epitomized what going to the dentist feels like. Yeah. Just sli oh, the, the slow worst. slide. <laughs> when she pulls out that needle, I'm just like, oh, I didn't know it was coming. Yeah, they worked really well oh as a God. comedy duo, too, because... Yeah. Like the way when Leslie and Warren, or her name's Cynthia in the movie, she's holding the needle and it's kind of shaking and uh, Whoopi Goldberg's character just has this look on her face of like agony, but or shock, I don't know. Yeah. It just all played together so well. Yeah, what could have been a really boring scene about, oh, the jewels are in his apartment, blah, 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 was actually really entertaining and with I think, all that business going on. Yeah, I think you can attribute that to both of those actors who are both very strong yes. comedic actors. But yeah, it's, it's a fun, it's, it's a fun way to just dump a bunch of exposition that we need in yeah. this movie. <laughs> yeah, because essentially Cynthia has jewels, diamonds, and she wants them back because her former husband took them, and she used money that she got from, illegally. Yeah, uh, under the table dental practices to buy her jewelry, so she can't go to the cops for it. Yeah, because when you see this, the kind of business she's running, it doesn't feel. Like, I immediately distrusted everything that was happening. Also, I knew that what Whoopi Goldberg's character was there to do, so obviously it wasn't on the up and up somehow. Yeah. So she does. She breaks into the husband's apartment to get the jewelry back. Yeah, and that's just kind of a whole thing. Showing her how she gets into the apartment, and then Cynthia didn't tell Bernice that there was an alarm system. And there's just a whole slew of things happening. Yeah. The jewels are hidden in the right. freezer. In a Ling cuisine. <laughs> where I keep my jewels. That's where mine are. I liked it because she said, oh, we definitely have a freezer man here. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. you encountered this. I thought, I thought that was so weird, too, because when 
he's talking about their stuff. Oh, he held on to them. I guess he likes showing them off. I'm like, he's keeping them in the freezer. He's not showing them off. Why? Why would you? I don't know. I get it. I, I get that you're looking for somewhere safe. I feel like that's a trope in movies or something. I feel like I've seen value freezers in other movies. Yes. Am I wrong or am I just watching the wrong movie? No, movies? I completely, I, yeah, I'm with you on that. Because you always see the credit card in an ice block and they like have to chip it out of the ice block in the fr- in the freezer. But I've seen diamonds and other various valuables. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've also seen that. No, but I'm just like, I'm just okay. imagining him showing off these jewels to all of his girlfriend. He's like, one second, let me go get my lean cuisine out of the freezer. <laughs> And again, not to, you know, not to spoil the movie, but as things that I have questions about come up, I'm going to ask them because was Leslie Ann Warren's plan to catch Whoopi in the act? Was that her plan to show up there to catch her? Is that why she didn't tell her about the alarm? Is that why she knew she was coming back there with him? Is that why he's back so quickly? I, I don't know. That. I don't know, because at the end it got so confusing with everybody talking, and we'll be every three minutes thinking it's somebody else. I didn't know. That may be a plot. I'm kind but of I don't know what she would get for catching her. Like, yeah, that's what I Why would you like, do what, that? What, what would be the benefit of that? But that sure. is that is curious why she would go back to his apartment. Did she forget? Yeah. <laughs> she forgot. Oh, I scheduled that for tonight. My bad. <laughs> but yeah, I'm trying to think. Because yes, she does. Yes, because she's back there. Yeah. That's right. why Whoopi gets stuck in the closet. Because Whoopi even says, oh, when she, Leslie and Warren did it, she's like, oh, you knew I'd be there, so you killed him, you tried to frame me for it, da-da-da-da-da, so I was like, oh, so she did know she was going to be there, she did go back, it, I don't know. That's so clunky. Sorry, I don't mean... No, I'm like, it's, it's happening <laughs> in my brain. That's so clunky, that's clunky writing. Because what was the point of that? Maybe in the original script she did kill him? That would make sense. That would make way more sense. Yeah, it would make more sense to honestly have her kill, like, if I was writing the script. But I didn't. Right. I wasn't even born. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's funky. Yeah. I wonder if she was supposed to be the original killer. And then after... Gender they, swap. Yeah, they changed. I mean, that would explain a lot about why there was some uh, muddiness with the plot at the end. Would that explain it? I think so. Okay. Maybe. I'll have to think about it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, as we go on, let's definitely toy with that. So, Guy comes back early, because he's supposed... Also, his voicemail. Can we talk about the voicemail? Oh, yes. The voicemail. Hi, it's you-know-who, and I'm you-know-where, so leave a message after the you-know-what. <laughs> so great. I wrote, what an asshole message. And I, my first response mm-hmm. was, I'm going to change my voicemail to that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I grew up in the era of, you know, that thing called voicemail. What, what was it? Answering machines. Yeah. When when you could just leave any sort of message you want. And it really was like, you know, when I was in college, it was like, what is the douchiest thing you could possibly leave on your answering machine? Everybody had one. It was terrible. People would hold it up to TV and, like, record things off of movies and stuff. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I mean, this is just what people did. That is great. No, it reminded me of when I was a kid, I would go change my parents' answering machine and not tell them. And I would just say whatever I wanted to say. 
I would I did a whole voicemail or a answering machine in a British accent that ended with me telling everyone not to call back because we didn't like them. Do you remember that? Oh, I do. <laughs> and mom and dad didn't catch on for months. They did not know. It was great. Oh no, love love answering machines. Miss them. Yes. Yeah, so dude comes back really fast. Yeah, yeah, like we said, snags the girl uh-huh. real quick. Like, since, I mean, we find out that it was her. Cynthia. So was she just, like, waiting outside for him and, like, hey, let's go back up to your place? Or Yeah, she's, like, waiting up at the building as he walks out. She's like, hey. Because um, he's only gone for uh-huh. what seems like five minutes. She would have to be out right outside the building for um, like that work. And, and he comes back really fast, too. It's 8 o'clock, and this guy's supposed to be, like, a partier, so... <laughs> That's when I'm done partying. Eight. <laughs> uh, and I was thinking the same thing. Every time they showed that clock, I was like, what? This guy, what is it, Friday, Saturday night? He's back at eight? Yeah. It's like, he is working fast. Brings back a lady who we later find out is Leslie Ann Warren's Cynthia. Bernice, Whoopi, is stuck in the closet this whole time. Hearing all of it. to the very loud, sexy time. Yeah, very loud. First, she's doing some great one whoopee show with the clothes in the closet. <laughs> she's I opening that. those up. She's having her own little one. I can't believe all these clothes. Oh, this looks terrible. It's, it was pretty funny. I, I really enjoyed, like, I, I don't know why I enjoyed her so much when she was on camera alone, but I kind of enjoyed scenes like that. It reminded me of the brilliance level of Robin Williams, like watching her do that scene sure. by herself. Mm-hmm. It really reminded me of that because, like, I would not watch dogs bark in these clothes. Oh, but this one, I it was great. Yeah, and just how excited she was to see the clothes. It was like just the pure joy on her face. Mm-hmm. That, I don't know. You're you're right. It was a delight. It was so fun. Yes, and then she gets locked in the closet. And even those scenes are pretty funny when she's you know looking out and just the exasperation of checking the watch. Yeah, fifteen mm-hmm. minutes has gone by. She's like, come on. I thought it was funny that she got locked in the closet because it didn't seem like a closet that... She got locked in the closet after she got a face full of... Oh, yeah. Dude. Yeah. Yes. That was a lot. Uh, but it just didn't really seem like a closet that would be that hard to get out of, but I don't I don't know much about being locked in well, closets. Well, we digress. <laughs> yes. No, that's kind of crazy. You don't put a lock on those sort of closet doors. I mean, well, <laughs> you know, they're those little trifold... What do you call those doors? I can't even think what they're called. Like the little slats and... Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a flimsy closet <laughs> door. Yeah. Like, it's a flimsy closet door. You could punch your way out of that in no time oh, at all. It yeah. seems strange have a lock on it. And even if you couldn't, she has all those little lock picking tools. Yeah. You're right. telling me one of those won't work? But that was just to keep her in there for a few minutes longer mm-hmm. while everything, while he takes a shower, I guess. Yes. And then takes a, a corkscrew to the chest. It's not a corkscrew. What is it? It's something for something with your teeth. It's a, a dental de- tool. En- I have the- dental instrument. Okay, dental instrument. A dental instrument to the chest. Yes. She says that he looks like a wine dog. And again, yeah, and again, this is all just so that we, the audience, think that Leslie Ann Bourne did, because who else has access to dental tools? And so she goes to that artist and he just so all those dental instruments sitting around his apartment. I'm like, what? Is this just so we think it might be this guy? It's like, Why do we have them? Does he use them in his to paint? I mean, I have been, as a member of the artist community, yeah. we both, well, I mean, <laughs> but having gone into some very interesting people's house, 
that yeah. are artists. Dental instruments are not the weirdest thing I've seen. Oh, you know, she does a lot of paintings with teeth, Oh, right? yeah. That would totally make sense. There we go. I mean, it, does, it still doesn't make sense, yeah. but they're trying. Yeah. It's like, obviously, he needs to be inspired by the dental instruments. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Graybo? Graybo. Graybo. Yep. What an awful name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is, uh, he's an interesting character. Christopher is now dead, and she goes back to talk to Carl to tell him that she's in big trouble now. And Carl tells her that basically she is his only friend. And, and she's like, get a new friend. Yeah. She says, it, it, your best case scenario is to you know, get a new best friend. Uh, because I'm probably going back to jail. And oh, she also had her briefcase stolen. Oh, that's right! Yep, yep. All the jewels are gone. So the jewels are mm-hmm. gone, Christopher's dead, Wolby's in trouble. Yeah, it's all just... It's all happening. Yes. Carl is Carl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which, here's a question for you. How do, how do you feel about Bobcat Goldthwaite? Because... Yeah, the reviews I read, some people seemed to think he was just absolutely hilarious, and then other people were like, this movie is terrible because of him. Oh, it's not terrible because of him. Um, He's out of place in every movie he's in. Like, I mean, that's what you get with him. So I think if you know what he is, either you like it or you absolutely hate it. Yeah, he, he goes too far, but again... That's who he is as a comedian, and I think that I think honestly, I think it worked more than it didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't like him running around at the end of this movie. You really didn't need him there because he wasn't making jokes. But when he's in the bar, when he's yelling at that bartender, I, I, when he's playing a delivery man, I loved it. I thought it was really, really great. But when they're sitting down trying to have serious conversations, no, it doesn't work. You can't put him in that type of situation. Yeah, at this at this point when they're having that heart to heart, no, I he's such a bizarre individual he really is and i completely agree because he had so many hit or miss moments for me but it's like when he got it mm-hmm. it was hysterical it was so it was mm-hmm. like that provided so many laugh out loud moments for me when he got it like at the end i thought i saw him move a little yeah <laughs> <laughs> and we head back to the bookstore where ray comes for his money oh yeah again the, and he decides to use a racial slur and then she beats the crap out of him yeah. Yes. Love that. I did enjoy that. She was the state prison boxing champion. But she mocked him first. Yes. First she <laughs> mocked him and belittled him. And then she emasculated him and beat him up. <laughs> and then All he in that order. destroyed her back door that apparently she never locks. <laughs> yeah, he really, like, he's like walking advertisement for toxic masculinity. It's like, yep. I got beat up by a girl, so I'm going to take it out on this door. And then this phone. <laughs> And what's the point of having him it doesn't come to anything? It, it's a character trait that doesn't really matter, but he's constantly limping. I don't know if you noticed that. And one time she does say something to Bobcat Goldthwait about that, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't get why the limp and they made because G.W. Bailey is an older man now. So this was 30 something years ago. Oh. And they made it. I thought he looked older then. I didn't know, like, because he was very red, like the ruddy skin and red nose and red yeah. under the eyes. I was like, what What are you trying to tell us? No, I think because, I mean, if you think about him in those police academy movies, he looked just as old if not older in those. Like, I think he's just one of those guys that when he hit 35, he looked about 50. Ah. So now he kind of looks pretty good for 78. 
<laughs> yeah, that might be it. That because I remember seeing him because my parents watched The Closer, so I remember seeing him on The Closer, and just my memory, he didn't look that old. But I think you might yeah. be. I think you might be right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he has his little fit, and then does is this when Cynthia gets picked up? Yes. Yeah. Because of the dental tool. Yes, and it's her ex husband. So of course she did it. Um. Yeah. This is where her lawyer Carson goes to visit her and. She's very upset because she's wearing cotton underwear. Up to up to here. Oh, yes. She makes a motion that's up to her chest. Mm-hmm. Her hair is all crazy, and yeah, she... This is just, just my thing. The gray sack dress thing they have her in, is that actually something that, like, prisoners wore? I haven't looked up 80s women's prison fashion in a while, ever. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> in a while? <laughs> It just hasn't been prioritized on the on top the top of the list for me. I don't know, but it just, is. It's very like sackclothy. Yeah, it just. I don't know. I yeah. looked at it and I was like, I, this looks like something somebody made up and was like, oh, they'd probably wear this in a prison. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I, I didn't that. think it was prison attire. Like I just thought it was a really bad dress that she was wearing when they picked her up. Like. <laughs> Like a house I, dress or something. Yeah, I don't know. And why can't why can't these two very intelligent people? He's a lawyer. She's a dentist. Figure out how long seventy two hours is. What is that about? Literally, are we? The only thing I thought is they were that goes on forever. Off. I know it makes no sense. It's like okay, this is a lawyer. Yeah, a lawyer who probably <laughs> works within the prison. Like he's probably been to a prison and understands like what seventy two hour holder. Yeah, anything like that is. Well, he tells us towards the end that he's a very successful lawyer. <laughs> a very that does not know how long seventy two yeah. hours is. It, yeah, that just I was like. Lady, you are in trouble if this is your representation. Yeah. Oh, and she makes. I know it's played. For, I know it's played for laughs. Like I get it, but boy, it's just—it's one of those jokes that they just beat into the ground. When she's like, "How long is that?" And he's like, "Well, it's you know, seventy-two hours." And I expected him to say, "Well, there's sixty minutes in an hour." She's like, "No, no, no. How long is that?" Well, what do you? What seventy-two? I'm like, when is this joke going to run its course? When are we? done with this scene guys you're having a good time i guess but stop it but it's like wrap it up <laughs> yeah there, there's just little yeah. bits like in that scene that i feel like they could have trimmed down mm. that would have made pacing a little better because by the time it gets to the end it is kind of like okay good we're at the end it's like thank god <laughs> yeah. i don't even know i don't even care who killed this guy at this point just end <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and she makes a point of telling him that she told a patient that Christopher just left jewels lying around. No, no, no. I thought she told... That's what she told the, the cops. She told the cops that she told one of her right. patients that Christopher oh. just left the jewels lying around. Because obviously, if you tell somebody that another person leaves jewels lying around, that person is going to go steal them. Yeah, and she makes sure to point out that she told mm-hmm. a black woman. Mm-hmm. Which, I was like, Oof. yep. Yeah. That sounds like she knows exactly what she's doing. She's playing into that stereotype. She's playing into that prejudice and using it right away. Yep. And I do have to say, the next bit we're going to talk about, I really enjoyed a lot, where the cops are trying to track down Bernie. 
Oh my god. And they go to all the they go to the addresses and they're clearly like one of them's an abandoned field. One of them is some sort of like Native American gay center or something. Yeah, I I couldn't I forget the name. I wish I'd written down the name of that of that place that they stopped at. Which is like, well, this is the address and it's something Indian, but it was the most Strange place I've ever seen. Like, yeah, and I guarantee you, it absolutely exists. Because when we were in San Francisco and we were down in <laughs> Castro, they had we went to one of the LGBTQ. I think it was the GLBT. The letters were mixed up. Uh, museum, mm-hmm. and they had a whole display about gay, the gay culture, Native American culture, and the association. So oh, okay. I guarantee you, probably a real place. Oh, and, probably, sure. And then somehow they actually find where she's living. Um, somehow. I don't remember. The female cop gets out of the car and then makes a call on a payphone. And then yeah. smash cuts to her apartment. So I don't know how they got there. Yeah. Also, do we talk about the fact that the other cop is John Goodman? Not like, yet. Just we like. did not. <laughs> Like with that beautiful tousled light blonde fluffy hair or light brown mm-hmm. fluffy hair. I do really enjoy though that the lady cop is the running point. Yeah. She, she's yeah. clearly the lead in this duo. I wondered if that change was made uh, when they changed the gender of the of Whoopi Goldberg's character. The They're, lead. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was I'm kind of wondering if they changed that so it was like a woman ah. chasing another. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. It yeah. just because it seemed interesting to me because this movie feels very modern in a lot of ways the way they um, represent women. And that was one of them. So I just wonder if that's what it was. Yeah, this whole bit where they're trying to get into her apartment just cracked me up the first time I watched it because she has this bar this very strong bar do you know what that would be called I called it a kickstand <laughs> a door kickstand <laughs> <laughs> no I mean it looks like a it looks like a fireplace poker but that's not what it is but yeah because her door is rigged up for that yeah, yeah. Like an area in the floor for this bar to sit in to prop against the door. Yeah. It said something, if you looked at the close-up shot, when she puts it into place, something said on the little plaque where she kind of um, fastens it to. I think it's a police mm-hmm. something. Oh, okay. So I wonder if it's an old police tool that she somehow oh. procured in her cat burglary. Burglary? Sure. I can't say that. But yeah, so she's got this, this massive bar I'm guessing the door is metal of some sort because they have to use a blowtorch to get through it. She has a little panic room. She has the doors rigged to shut and a siren to go off. So to me, this says, it's not if I get caught, but when I get, or when they (laughs) So when the cop tries to kick down the door, I mean, I'm surprised she didn't break her foot. The way that she played that, it's like, I could feel the pain. Yes. Yeah, and they cut a hole through this door, and they walk in, step on the booby trap, the alarm goes off, the door slams shut. They've got to basically, like, tear the wall apart to get to this alarm. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, she's just in her little panic room eating her sandwich and raisins, listening to all of this happening. (laughs) Which, off topic, well, no, on topic, but I'm curious about that, because if I tried to build a panic room in the back of my closet... I would either have no closet or I would punch a hole in my bathroom wall. So it's like, who has closets that deep? I'm, I'm 
guessing she planned for this. Yes, but I don't know. Because she just had the floors done, so maybe she had a, had a closet added. That's true. She did just have the floors done. Or this, this is that Spock at Gulfway is not her roommate, but he's her neighbor. So she punched mm-hmm. into his apartment, walled it up or something like that. But then why wouldn't the paper just lead into his apartment? But anyway, yeah. I don't know. Mm. Ah, I like that thought, But that's a good point, because he would definitely let her build a closet that went into his apartment. (laughs) Absolutely. He's Um, desperate for a friend. He'll do anything he can. Oh, and it did make me laugh when they said, Christ, I hope we have the right address. (laughs) Right. Oh, my God. Can we talk about when the siren went off and the young cop just shot at the door? I'm like, this is not helping your image, police department. Like, good thing there was nobody on the other side of that. Oh, my gosh. Carson has called Bernie and said, we need to meet. They do this meetup at the aquarium. And Carson is the lawyer, if we haven't said. Yes. He tells (laughs) her basically to take a trip, go to Argentina, disappear. Yeah. I don't know. There's some important information that... He's like, get lost. Yeah. Scram. Yeah. And she tells him... This is the part of the movie where I was like, wait, is... He heard lawyer too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why? Why is why is he so involved in this? I mean, at the end, you know, ooh, he's terrible. But also, I'm like, why does he have anything? To, why is he in this movie? Why are we spending so much time with lawyers in this movie? Yeah, it's like, and they they have a very familial like they know each other. Yeah, I'm like, yes. where have you met? <laughs> That's why I thought he was her lawyer, too. I'm like, what are you doing? Did you know when the dentist talked to you that this was your client who broke into her place? And uh, He's like, oh, boy, I'm going to make double profits. <laughs> However this goes down. <laughs> but, yeah, there was no... Again, there's a, there's a chance that this character was written in after the fact. I mean, you know, maybe it was too much in the 80s to have... A female protagonist, a female murderer, a female cop in charge. Like, could you imagine that? Like, that would be amazing. And it's almost as though they just couldn't go that far. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, we'll make the bad guy a dude. Making Whoopi have two fist fights with men in this movie. Yeah, exactly. And it also plays into kind of how feminism was viewed at that time, which was like, Women are great. Men suck. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, it, right. it wasn't the modern view of feminism now. So it kind of played into that a little bit too. But I agree with you. The character feels very cut and pasted into this. Because, yeah, it could completely be done without him. And his scenes feel clunky. They don't feel cohesive. Exactly. Hmm. Now, now I'm, I'm very curious about Curious. This. You're like, is this person still alive? Can I ask you about <laughs> screenwriting? Yeah. Oh, and then this this is where she calls Ray for help, and we have this... And he bangs the phone. Yeah. Cleaning of the fish. He's just... Ugh. White shirt, blood. Ugh. Ugh. That poor woman that's married to him. Yeah, and <laughs> the banging of the phone. So then... That poor woman's still waiting for her for code at the end of this, just to yeah, let you know. Yeah, she got... Yeah, she doesn't get anything out of this. Absolutely. She doesn't get anything. She needs something. That's a whole other movie. Yeah. <laughs> when Ray gets we married We don't even get to wife. see her on screen. We just hear her voice, that's it. What's funny is when I was watching it today, as she's going, Ray, my cat started meowing, and it was the same pitch. I was like, oh my oh goodness. Oh my. I was like... <laughs> Ray's wife? 
Is that you? <laughs> then um, well, uh, Carl and Bernie decide to go out and learn as much as they can about Christopher. And since they're going to be drinking a lot, they go and drink some olive oil. Because Carl heard that keeps you from getting drunk. And he drinks out of the bottle and he just puts it back on the shelf. Yeah, and I liked her line because yeah, he's thanks. like, you're so, because he, she makes him pay for it. She's like, no, we're going to pay for it. And he's like, I don't get it. You're a cat. Like, you're a burglar. You you steal stuff. She goes, it's not what you steal. It's who you steal from. I thought that was very interesting. That's right. She's, She's a, a burglar with a heart, heart of gold. Yes. Yes. Very much so. so yeah. And why is he planning on getting totally wrecked? Like, why is his plan, I am going to drink as much as I possibly can while we're trying to extract information. Oh my god. He's like, well, I want to play the part. I want to look, you know, cool and calm and collected. So I'm just going to drink all this olive oil and that'll help. <laughs> I'm going to look real smooth. I think I would throw up if I drank a whole bunch of olive oil. But just also, straight. that feels like something a person that doesn't drink a lot <laughs> Would right. be like, oh my gosh, I heard if you do this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> totally that sounds like a college freshman would say that going out to a party or something. Yes. Oh. It's like, I heard if you swallow cotton balls, they absorb the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> and I wish I'd written down some of his lines because when he's in that bar and he's trying to hit on those ladies and realizes that they don't want anything to do with him, it is, it's really, really funny. I was laughing out loud at this point oh. in the movie. Well, hey ladies, I'm Carl, I'm a Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> so is this gonna happen one time he says oh i have the keys to my bmw over here maybe you saw them i don't know where they went <laughs> oh it's a I like daughter one of, one of my favorite parts is when he's at the bar and some guy walks up next to him and orders three of something and he goes make that four and the bartender's like wait you want four yeah because we had to look up the drink because it was a black russian yeah yeah it was a black russian yes yeah He's like you want four black russians why not <laughs> i also liked when and and if if we have any younger listeners they may not understand this reference but um google kids yeah bernie asks what's wrong with him and he goes it's this place it makes me feel like i'm at an amway convention <laughs> and we know exactly our parents did amway so oh, they did. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. So we, as soon as he said that, got it. Yeah. Got the reference immediately. And he also said he couldn't. Oh, I thought this was too early for Amway, or too early for Amway to be a joke. But I guess it's I guess it's around this time. I don't know. I guess it wasn't. Yeah. Since it was punchline in this movie. I was like, are oh, they had some information? Yeah. <laughs> some insider information. Burglar trendsetter. It's like, guys, Amway, it's gonna be big. <laughs> Yeah, and so we find out from a lovely phrase that I like this exchange between Bernie and one of the bartenders. He said that guy got more ass than a toilet seat, and she just looks at him and she goes, that's beautiful. <laughs> it's like, you know, that's beautiful. Oh, and then he also drops this nugget of information, guys too, if you ask me. Yeah, so right. Chris was playing all the fields. Yeah, and... This is a very progressive movie. It really I didn't is. really think about it until now. It's like, they have, it's all there, guys. <laughs> And another thing right. I noticed about Carl, dogs are constantly following him in this movie. He's like, get away, I close at nine. No, I open at nine. Uh, I close, oh, open at nine. Oh my yeah. There's just, yeah, dogs, but he's a dog groomer. They smell the dog. I guess so, but 
people are also just letting them. But do dogs, dogs like groomers? You know, the joke would be dogs don't like groomers. I would just think that maybe he has he smells like dog because I don't I don't know his hygiene. <laughs> That's true. Maybe he smells kind of doggish, and they're like, Ooh, something to sniff. <laughs> Yeah, and at the next bar, uh, they meet Frankie, who said that Christopher is like a bird. You can't own him. You just hope he'll fly by and see you every now and then. Oh, Frankie. That's when they do have the great exchange about cat burglar. She's like, what are you, or what do you do? And she's like, oh, I'm a cat bur burglar. And she's like, is there a lot of money in that? And then she has the that was pretty about, funny. Oh, look at me um, asking if there's any money in pussy. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> So yes, Frankie. That was a clever. That like that. Like I will give the writers that. That was funny. Mm -hmm. Frankie dropped some information on us. Christopher hung out with Graybo, the artist. Nobby, the bartender. Why do I feel like I'm in Lord oh of the Rings God. or something? <laughs> These names. Oh, you must seek out the artist Graybo. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody that she didn't know his name, but he was always going, here's Johnny. So we have a we have all this juicy information extracted from Frankie. I also love this. I, like I feel like it sums up her character uh, because Bernie tells her to think hard. And she goes, that's not really my forte. No, you're brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she knows herself. I was like, yeah, self-awareness is the path to self-love, so good for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, this this is when the cops visit Carl. And that goes great. Yeah, and we don't know why. Maybe because he's a known associate. I don't know. Well, if he's in the same building. That's true. Right, yeah. So he's a neighbor, as we said. The neighbor, yeah, yes. He is. But the best one. The best line is when he walks out of the room and they're like, we'd like you to answer some questions, but please, for the love of God, brush your teeth first. <laughs> oh, yeah, because this is right after his huge drinking night. Yes. So he's looking great. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. And then we get to the the getting the bartender's name. Is that what happens next? No. Then she goes and she tracks down the artist. Oh, my God. This, it just, like I said, there's mm -hmm. little bits that yeah. I feel like they could have edited. Yeah. Like, that whole thing seemed pointless. Like, it made no sense to go there. It's a really long scene, too. I mean, she's really funny in it. It's yeah. so but, long. Yeah. But it's like, it's such a long scene to go nowhere. Because he literally ends up dead. Um, yeah, she punches him and leaves. Like, he wants some meat for this dog. I, like, the whole scene is there so that she can find a newspaper that he was looking at that has something to do with the dental break in like it's so long and meandering and it's not fun no it, yeah it was a stretch and it wasn't a good one then we get to the getting the bartender's name this is possibly my i think this is my favorite scene with bobcat with carl uh -huh. in the movie oh yeah it's so funny it was like this is what you were meant for this is what carl was meant for yeah, yeah my favorite bit was <laughs> He, he tells the bartender he looks like a dildo with ears. <laughs> yes. And he also tells him that he he's going to break him over his knee and use him as a ballpoint pin. <laughs> like, I don't even know what doesn't that means. Doesn't make any sense. But if doesn't someone said it to me, I would great. Oh, no, no, I just said it doesn't make any sense, but that's kind of why it's so great. Yeah, because if someone said that to me, I would be confused but intimidated. Yeah. I'd be scared. Yeah. And if they were speaking to me like Bobcat Goldthwaite speaks, that would also add yeah. to the concern level. And then when he tells him right. to get some help, he's just like, yeah, thank you, man. <laughs> I'll think about it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> because, 
Because that's the thing. He is he's a very entertaining and funny comedian, and we're used to him like that. But if you met a person like this in real life, they would be the most terrifying human being you've ever encountered. Yeah, that is so true. Like just on a normal, like base level, he's insane. Yes. So that he comes in yelling, that's bananas. Yeah, you believe it. If someone, if he came in yelling at me that he was going to break me over his knee and use me as a ballpoint pen, I would believe it. Yeah, I would sign my name. I would <laughs> sign my real name. Yeah, I was, I think I was crying. I was laughing so hard the first time I it's watched so funny. that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then yeah. we go back to the artist's house where she finds a briefcase full of money. Briefcase full of money? Uh, throws the chicken down to the dog. Oh, and this is where we come into the subplot of the counterfeit money. Apparently, she, Oh my gosh, what a time oh. to add something. She finds the plates that they're using to print the money. Mm-hmm. And she takes them to Ray and is like, this is the guy, go tell the cops. So Ray goes and tells the cops... And the cops say... They make a laughing stock of him, pretty yeah. much. And then they're... I think they're going to hold him responsible. Right, because the artist is dead. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, he was stabbed with another one of these dental tools. So what does Ray do? Ray is going to give her up. That is Bernice. Yes, Bernice. Sorry, I was the... But, but this, doesn't, this doesn't make any sense. Like, all you need is a line earlier in this movie where the cops are talking and they're like, and all this counterfeit money, like, we have to find out who's doing this. Nobody has mentioned this at all in this movie. It's like, this is the perfect time to add something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so frustrating to me, because talk about why this ending gets so muddled, and that's the thing. It's like, no one has talked about counterfeit money. Why is that happening? Yeah. <laughs> when Ray tells her that he's giving her up because she notices that something weird is going on. Oh, yeah, because they meet up at an Italian restaurant, right? Yeah. And so they're going to have... Yeah. Which it's so weird to me because after he's so awful to her, she's still working with him, which is very curious <sighs> to me. I don't know. I guess you take your friends where you... you... Yeah, but well, he's not no. a friend. I don't know. Or it's like okay. if she works with him, it's going to keep him off her ass, maybe. Because he's like wanting stuff from her. So if he, she's bringing him into the fold, it keeps him from, or it keeps him abreast of what's happening, I guess. Yeah. And I don't know why she's going to give her up right now. Anyway, I mean, what is what has really happened at this point? Yeah. I guess he just. Hasn't gotten his money in fur coat yet? The thing, well, because what the scene with the other two police officers made me feel like, or implied, that they were going to somehow pin these counterfeit money plates on Ray and hold him responsible. So in an effort to, like, take the heat off himself, he gave up Bernice. That's that's crazy. You just told the cops about a counterfeit ring. Like, why would they pin it on you? Why would these cops want to do that? Shouldn't this be a big break or a big get for them yeah it's like why why are you immediately suspicious of this police officer like how bad is your track record they didn't even try to take the counterfeit plates from him he just wrapped them back back in his his pocket yeah it's like the police work is questionable and there's so much information given because he even says something like 
and you know why the paper looks so good. They use real money and they bleach it off. Like, why are we? Why are we getting this information? What? What does this have to do with anything that's happening in this movie? Yeah, it's like we're basically getting a how-to, how to counterfeit money, how to make your yeah. own. <laughs> that's the whole point of this movie. So she goes to the bathroom and yeah, sneaks well, out the window. Yeah, because. Yeah, she knows that she's surrounded, but she knows this is not it. So she, and she smuggles a little butter knife, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so she sneaks, she ends up getting out yeah. the window and steals a police motorcycle. And we go on a nice long chase. It is a long chase, that's it, for sure. Yeah, it's like, it's like, how many times does it look like, oh, this is it for her, this is where it ends. I think there's like three fake outs where you think <laughs> this chase is going to end and then it just keeps going. <laughs> it ends with this huge... Pile like literally a pile of cars. Yeah, we've already established yeah. the police work. It work is shoddy, and it feels like they should have maybe done some like recon around the building. Maybe had some officers <laughs> outside. You know, I feel like a lot of this damage could have been avoided. Did you see? And there also, like you said, there are several times where it looks like oh she's done for, but there are also times where it looked to me like oh she got away. Do you remember when she turns down that median? Where that has trees and grass and everything, gets on another road, all the cops stop the other way, and I'm like, oh, I guess she got away. No, cut to the cops directly behind her again. I was wondering the, how... Again, the editing is weird. Like, how do they keep up? Yeah, I didn't know how they turned around that fast to get right behind her again. It's like, my goodness. Yeah, it's goofy. Yeah, editing, yeah, editing gets real, real choppy. I also stop like, double is doing some good driving, though. Yeah. I also like that the cop left the keys in the bike right outside the window. <laughs> like, what, I like what to imagine that was the cop sitting at the bar that broke down the door and is like, damn it. <laughs> Like, I shouldn't have just left those keys in there. <laughs> He's like, I'm never going to hear the end of this one. <laughs> yeah, or maybe just post the cop by the only other exit, which is the bathroom window. Yes. It's like, you should have known this. Who slipped up? Who did not do their job? Oh. They let her put on her leather jacket to go to the bathroom, too. Like, she's clearly leaving and not coming back. And they're just sitting there just like, what's she going to do? It's like, oh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, right. <laughs> I also like that it's at the end of this car scene when John Goodman decides to air his grievances about not being the one to try to kick down the door. It's like he had to work up this whole time. He had to work up the nerve to say it. And he has to wait until this lady's been beaten down. It's like, now it's my time. Now I say this. And this is where it really falls off. Nobby is kidnapped. What? Nobby the bartender. Yeah, no, I know who Nobby. I missed this both times. Oh, oh. yes. Is this when he just runs into a couple guys outside the bar? They're yeah. talking to him and they drag him away, right? Uh -huh. Okay, yes. Because we don't ever, like, find out what happens to him, right? No, he's he dies, but... Oh, they, does he? I don't think they ever show it. No, he they don't. He's getting kidnapped and assumes that he gets Oh, killed. I know what you're talking about now. Wow. Almost um, forgot that. Yeah. Yeah. Really important aspect of the plot. At some point, <laughs> she has broken into his apartment. No, she breaks into the dentist's dentist apartment. No, she does that too, but she also broke into Nobby's apartment at some time. I don't, I'm not sure I when have that happened. A, I have a block around this. <laughs> I don't remember it. Let's see. Yeah, then she breaks into the dentist's apartment because she doesn't have anywhere else to go. 
And we have, and that's when we have the weird exchange because Leslie Ann Warren is doing her Leslie Ann Warren thing. But that's when we get the when she's yelling for Carson. Leslie Ann Warren's like Carson, Carson, and just at that moment, Johnny Carson's trademark "Here's Johnny" comes oh on, my God. and that's it's... the knowing. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, and for as long as the camera hangs on each of them and for just the cutting back and forth between Whoopi and Carson back to Whoopi back to Carson I mean I was ready for the movie to end within about 30 seconds like why why isn't the final showdown right there in that apartment we don't need to go outside yeah why don't they just bust out some kung fu like like because that's what the shots reminded me of it's like just let's bust out some old school martial arts and let's do this yeah exactly (laughs) no we still have a a a bit like a fair bit but we could just like go through real quick yeah we will because it's not important because nothing happens. Yeah. The craziest thing is when she brings out what's-her-name from the bar to walk out of the shadows or the, the fog like a surprise witness. It's like, where did she come from? Well, and I then she know. gets stabbed. And I'm like, Whoopi, you just brought this woman to be murdered, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, why aren't we thinking? And then the purse saves her, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. But essentially what happens in this whole mess of an ending, Carson murdered Chris. Because they were lovers, but he was, but Carson wanted commitment, I guess. Frankie says, Mr. Why did you have to kill him? And he said, because he didn't care about anybody. I just thought that meant he wouldn't commit. I just, that's where I went. I just figured it was because he was having dalliances with many people and Carson only wanted him to have dalliances with him. Yeah, I I mean, I guess I shouldn't have said this movie's progressive since the uh, only gay character is the murderer. This is, yeah, this is where it fell off for me in that aspect, too. Right, yes. Because I was like, oh, wow, a gay character, but they're the murderer. Cool. Yeah, they're the the murderer. And the only other gay character is pretty much bisexual, but is also a total creep. And and dead. Also dead, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> progressiveness goes down slightly. We get our other boxing match. Yes. Um, this one's a little bit more that he has puts up a little bit more of a fight. Yeah. Uh, I like that she fake drowns and then just kind of rises up out of the water and is like, where are you going? Oh no, God. that was literally one of those moments where I'm thinking, well, I would just pretend I was dead. And then that's what happens. I think about that in movies all the time when they're drowning people. Yeah. Like, why don't you just pretend you're dead and then pop back up? And finally, someone did that in a movie. I appreciated that. I did too. Absolutely. Can we also just back up real quick to when she's in the apartment? Because there was another thing that made me think that the um, dentist was the murderer. Because when she's in the apartment, she's talking to her. She's like, but I heard a man's voice. But... That could have been fake. And when I heard that man's voice in his apartment before he's murdered, I did think it sounded weird. Like, it sounded like someone who did not want to be identified or a voice that we did not need to recognize. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember hearing, like, after the second viewing, I could hear Leslie Ann Warren. Like, I could tell what was her and her voice. But yeah, Mm. the dude's voice did sound weird. Hmm. It it sounded in, in a weird muffled tone. But also, I think it was it was really telling and interesting because she does talk about how Leslie or Whoopi talks about how Leslie Ann Warren was there in his apartment, and you can see that the lawyer's a bit bummed out by this. Mm-hmm. And I do like the fact that 
she's like, oh, I thought you were jealous of him. Yeah. But really, you were jealous of her. Makes sense. Because I did, I did think the lawyer had a thing for Leslie and Warren. I did too. I yeah, I absolutely did too. But it but going back to the man's voice sounding weird, that could play into the theory that Leslie Ann Warren was originally supposed to be right. a murderer. I'm gonna have to yeah. Wikipedia the book plot now. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, Stranger things have happened. Yeah. yeah. So I know that's how this whole <laughs> part of the movie gets. It's like, wait, what? Uh that's why I jumped ahead, because yeah. I literally got impatient. Uh <laughs> Ray steals the briefcase of jewels out of the truck. Right, because Carson had those. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Bobcat, Ray, and Whoopi are all working together now as a team. Yes. And they yeah. all have jobs. And Ray has, they have a bug, and Ray has his earbud in. And when everything starts going south and um, Carson starts stabbing people, he runs for the jewels, but doesn't go to help Whoopi. And Whoopi makes comment on that later. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is where Carl, like you said, is just running around screaming. Into the void, I yeah. guess. <laughs> and they have the boxing match. and Fake drowning. Fake drowning. Oh, yeah. And then she puts Carl to guard over him with this trash can lid and says, if he moves, um, hit him. <laughs> or drown him, I thought she said. <laughs> But why did you give him a trash can lid if you wanted him drowned? I don't know. She would knock him out. Yeah, yeah I, I thought, thought she said something like clobber him or oh, yeah. I thought I let him have it or something. Yeah. Well, I misheard. My bad. But yeah, but then he just immediately proceeds to start beating the crap out of this unconscious guy. <laughs> I thought I saw him move. <laughs> And then we end with this long, faraway shot of that pans up. Whoopi like what? jumping on Ray. Yeah, I did not get that. Like, what do you think was happening I, there? I don't know. Because it I felt like know. it felt kind of like because the way it looked, it looked like she was like. Well, she knocks him down. But no, and... but she jumps up on him like yeah. like how you would jump on a dude if you were about to kiss him. Yeah. Or not me, but a, in a movie. But then... Yeah, I didn't know if it was more of an embrace, like a celebration, like, yay, we're all friends again, and I don't know, like, I had, I don't know. I checked out by this point. Like, you don't want that at the end of your movie, but by the time they're running around, it's like, I thought this movie ended already. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like there was supposed to be some other dialogue over that scene because the dialogue and what was happening didn't match for me. So, and then it ends. Yeah, it, it's an abrupt ending. Yes, for an ending that dragged on forever. Yeah, it seems strange. It seems strange that they didn't have you know a little scene of her at the end. You know, she's in her bookstore. You know. Bobcat Goldthwait is helping her out. He's stocking mm -hmm. shelves. I don't know. Uh, Ray comes in and they have a little bit of banter at the end. I, I don't know. Something. It felt so weird and like you said, abrupt. Yeah, I was very disappointed in the end of the movie compared to the beginning. Because I actually quite enjoyed the beginning. And it was just this last part that really sucked for me. Sure. So the company that produced this movie is a Canadian animation company, and this was their first live-action production. This which, is a bizarre choice. Yes. I was like, this, and there, and that is a bold move. That's a, that's a big leap. <laughs> Some of the reviews that we've read, one said, basically rubbish with star power and a very funny bobcat golf weight. Uh, one said, one of Whoopi's laziest vehicles, and she's done her share. But then we had some positive ones that said, this movie is a gem, and I'm not sure how I overlooked it in the past. And then someone else said, I believe most people who claim they did not like this movie were overthinking it. It's funny and well done. Mm -hmm. 
I agree with that to a point, but I do that ending. You can't, you can't yeah. spin that ending to me and tell me it was good. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a great thing about reviews. I think it's a great thing about reading reviews from 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, people, because I think, I'm assuming that the positive reviews, they all sounded like they were somewhat contemporary. You know, somebody looking back at this 10, 20, 30 years out, you're going to have a different point of view or in a, in a different way of thinking than somebody who was, you know, Whoopi was a huge star at this point mm-hmm. for us. I don't know. She's been on the view for a while. I don't know if she's even still on that. Like she's not a movie star anymore. Right. And she did make so much trash and so much garbage at this time. This isn't as bad as a lot of other Whoopi movies I've seen. You know, I was trying to think of what I've seen her in. And of course, you know, I've seen Ghost and Sister Act. Clearly mm-hmm. Karina. Karina, Karina. Um, but I don't... Sister Act too. Yeah. As as far as... Because she has made a ton of movies. And I mean, she is an EGOT. Um, yeah, she is. Yeah, I don't know that I've seen a lot of her early stuff. Or much around this time other than burglar and fatal beauty (laughs) yeah but i can see how someone looking back because even now i can watch it and appreciate it with the mindset that we have now in society as opposed to what it was in the 80s it's like this in a lot of ways like we've said this movie was progressive um Mm -hmm. just the way that women were portrayed and i really i enjoyed that so i think yeah like you said i think it's easier to look back now look back at it favorably than maybe at the time. I think so. But Roger Ebert did not like this movie. No. Um, or he did not like the role for Whoopi. <laughs> no. He said, this is a woman who is original, who is talented, who has a special relationship with the motion picture comedy. It is criminal to put her into brain-damaged assembly line thrillers. So. It did feel like one of those types of thrillers to me, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting to put her in this, but I think as a film, I don't know, these are being churned out by the bucket load yeah. around this time. Well, and like you said earlier, the thing that makes this movie interesting is her. Yes. Because otherwise it would have been just another dime a dozen thriller type thing. So what grade would you give this movie? I think I could give this... Are we on the plus and minus scale? Or are we just... Whatever you want. <laughs> I can't remember what we if we decided on that or not. Because um, I do... I really do like the way the women are portrayed. They're in leading positions. They kind of command, command the film in a lot of ways. And People follow and work off them. But uh, that ending is just awful. So, And the way they portray gay characters, too, is not mm-hmm. great, in my opinion. I would probably say probably C plus B, somewhere in that area. Okay. C hmm. plus. I'm going to say C plus. C, C. I don't know. I'm going back. Oh, my back. God. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm indecisive. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll go next, All if right. you don't mind. Go ahead. Um, I'm going to go a little bit lower than you. I, I'm going to go C minus, I think, because, um, like you said, I, I agree with everything you said. I think that the ending is terrible. I think that the beginning and, and other times throughout were pretty engaging and kind of funny, but the biggest thing is I think this is just forgettable. I'm going to forget about this movie in no time. I agree with that. What about you? Uh, I think a C. Yeah, I'm going with a straight, flat-out C. Because I enjoyed it while I was watching it. It has some good elements that I like. In a world full of so many movies, 
there's not enough that makes it stand out that I'm like, yeah, this movie. <laughs> While I have seen worse, it definitely, like you said, it, it will be something that I probably won't think about very much. Yeah. Does it pa- pass the Bechdel test? I think no. it does. <laughs> I mean, I don't, sorry, I didn't mean to jump in there. No, I, I don't think it does. I think, you know, it, it's one of those things where very rarely are there two women even talking to one another in this movie for for the amount of as we're saying for the amount of attention women are getting here i I think it's tough because the entire plot revolves around the murder of a man and that that is everything that everyone is discussing at all times unless they're talking about counterfeit money for some reason um and there aren't really a whole lot of interactions uh between women i really think yeah you know, what is it, in the dentist's office and then at the bar, right? Yes. That's pretty Bernice, much it. Bernice and Frankie had interactions, but they were talking about Chris. And then yeah. Cynthia and Bernice had interactions where they were talking about Chris. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I, I, yeah. I mean, there were times when Bernice was questioning waitresses, but you never heard that dialogue. I, I think it's weird. And I think that, and, and I don't, I, I really don't want to put this on the filmmakers of the time or or imagine, you know, trying to imagine what they were thinking, but Whoopi doesn't have a whole lot of roles where she is opposite a woman. In, in a lot of her work, she is working with a man, or working against a man. And I don't know if it's her demeanor, if, if, if directors or, you know, people casting looked at it and thought that she was more masculine-seeming. I mean, I think it's strange that they pit her up against men twice to have fist fights within this movie but even something like ghost i mean she and patrick Swayze are great and amazing but that is who she's dealing with in that movie yeah i think that might also come into play with how women of color are often mm-hmm. portrayed in film so and i think that there probably would have been some pushback about a woman of color and a white woman because it's like they're sure. they're viewed very differently in entertainment a lot of times. So I completely hear what you're saying. All right. Yeah, I don't I don't think it passes. No. I, it, it checks two of the three boxes. <laughs> There's more than one female character, and they both have a name, but... <laughs> they are always talking about some dude. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, it passes. It checks the two <laughs> boxes that are the lowest bar to pass yeah. in a film. Amazing how hard it is just to get... I don't even pay attention to the Bechdel test a lot because like we've established before, just because something passes the Bechdel test does not mean that it is is good by any means or any standards. No, I just like to kind of use it as a gauge. No, no, no. I totally love using it as a gauge. I forget the questions. (laughs) So I guess we'll move on to our recommendations then. Yes, let's start with our guest this week. Doug, what's your recommendation? Uh, My recommendation is a movie that I kept referring to this movie as I kept forgetting that this movie was called Burglar and I was always referring to it as Thief. Thief is a 1981 movie directed by Michael Mann um, and it stars James Caan as a, a professional thief and you know he's in it for like sort of the one last job thing. It's a pretty tight thriller it's it's pretty interesting because it does get i mean it's it's way more serious than this but uh it gets more into the life of a thief the the art of burglary and it's if you hate jim belushi which i do watch him in this movie because he's amazing oh awesome and that's called thief yes it's called thief 
Awesome. Yeah, and, and Criterion put out a really, really nice Blu-ray of it, which I don't think I've watched any of the extras. I wish, as I was doing or trying to do earlier, I can't find it. I wish I had to see what the extras are, but check it out. It's a good thriller. If you if you like a thriller where, you know, there are moments of silence because he's just trying to break into uh, a safe, trying to crack a safe, it's, it's pretty intense for a little thriller like this. Cool. I had a co-worker mention that one to me recently, so since two people have brought it up, that means I need to check it out very soon. That means it goes on the list. Yeah, check it out. It's fun. Lacey? Well, I was originally going to say Fatal Beauty because I want to watch that myself. <laughs> but I really think, I think about strong female role, corrupt cops, robbers, and that reminds me of a movie that we saw at the Noir Fest Film Fest in San Francisco called Private Health 36. And this stars... <laughs> One of the baddest-ass women in film at the time, Ida Lupino. It's directed by Don Siegel, and it's written by Collier Young and Ida Lupino. And it is a very interesting movie. I wouldn't say the story's the best, but I find the characters are really, really well done by the actors. And it has some really fun uh, backstories, like if you get into the, the how it was filming and who worked with who, because there were some definite interesting dynamics. So I'm going to say Private Health 36. Interesting. So I'm going to do something I've never done before, and my recommendation is something that I discovered while researching this that I want to see. It is called The Positively True Adventures of the Alleged Texas Cheerleader Murdering Mom. Oh my gosh. It was an HBO movie from 1993 where this mother hires a hitman to take out... <laughs> The mom and the daughter. This is also like 10 Lifetime movies, too. Of the, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, girl, she wants her daughter to become a cheerleader, so she yeah, hires a hitman to take out the daughter's competition and the mother. Mm -hmm. uh, the connection to this is the, the woman who plays Frankie. Elizabeth play, Russo? Or yes. Lucio? Um, she plays the mom that is going to be killed in the ah. Texas cheerleading murdering Apparently it was really good. It won an Emmy. I, I am thoroughly intrigued by it and want to find this now. I do too. I have HBO Go. We could check. Ooh. We could see if it's on there. All right. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. Well, this has been a lot of fun. <laughs> thank you for being with us, Doug. I'm so, so happy, happy to be here. Yes, this thank you great. for talking about this movie with us. It's always great to get to dissect something <laughs> like this. With, with people that love film. So thank you so much for being here. Yes, no, thank you for having me. I will come back for any Whoopi movie. I'll come back for any 80s movie, 90s, 2000s, 30s, whatever you guys want. Just call me. I'll come over. Okay. We will. We'll start a list now. All right, great. <laughs> what do y'all have coming up on your next podcast? Well, we actually just celebrated our four-year anniversary doing the show, which was super exciting. Happy um, thank you, thank you. We're, we're very excited because we are not the type to stick to anything, so it's pretty amazing. Um, no, just go to Good Times, Great Movies. Look around. It's all, every two weeks we talk about a movie from the 80s and sort of poke fun at it, even if it's a really great movie. Um, but boy, we've had our share of terrible movies. I think our most recent one is Link. It's a movie about a murderous monkey that at one point watches Elizabeth Shue take a bath. It's creepy and also terrible. Oh my gosh. Yes, we must check this out. The podcast, not the movie. 
No, don't watch the movie Link. (laughs) I'll just listen to the episode. Or, or, Laura, I think... First of all, Laura, I appreciate you've been so active on social media, and I love it. I love all of your posts. I love you interacting with us. It's great. And um, you seem to be doing it the right way, which is you watch the movie and then listen to us, which I apologize for some of the stuff you've had to listen to or watch or listen to. <laughs> I, I do have to say, um, the, the cat people was, yeah, I'm not. That is a. Know. That is a movie, and I've talked about this since then. I did not like it at the time. I can't get that movie out of my head for some reason. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about it. It's terrible. It's trashy. Oh. But I, it's in there now. Unlike <laughs> Burglar, <laughs> Cat People's going to stick around, oh. for better or worse. Well, she just told me about a few scenes, and... I can't get them out of my head. Oh, um, disturb. I, I do want to thank you, though, because Streets of Fire is one that I have been telling everybody of the, about. It's like, you guys need <laughs> to watch this. <laughs> yes, it is. I do, you know, and that's the thing. I think that sometimes we think, you know, some of these movies that we love, and Streets of Fire is a movie that I love. Um, it's kind of like, well, how, how can you make fun of this? You can. There's, there's plenty of stuff in every movie. We just did Blue Velvet, and that mm-hmm. movie is nuts, and it's great, but also it's so stupid at times. It's great to talk about it. Oh, man. I mean, those are, the best, those are the best to talk about, though. Yeah, exactly. But thanks anyway. <laughs> yes, thank you. Right. Of course. Um, all right. Well... Good job, that's, everybody. That, yeah, that, that's it. We, we made it through Burglar, guys. Um, Yay. Trophies are in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Fatal Femmes. Like us on Facebook at Fatal Femmes and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fatal underscore Femmes. Have a question or comment for the show? Shoot us an email at fatalfemspodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are now available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or whatever podcatcher you use. Don't forget to leave us a rating while you're there. If you like what you've heard, check out our Patreon page. We have different sponsorship levels with perks that will allow us to make more content and better quality episodes. We hope you enjoyed this episode, because if you didn't, the consequences could be fatal. Thanks for listening.